Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. It's working for me. 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 And I don't have to worry because I don't have to worry because it's working for me. 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 He's intentional. 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 He's He's intentional, never failing. He's intentional. 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 And he's never failing. He's intentional. Never failing. Things working for my good. He's intentional, never failing. Oh, come on, let's give God some praise. He's intentional in blessing us, intentional in keeping us, intentional, in saving us. Oh, you ought to do better than this church. Our God is worthy to be praised. If you can stand on your feet, I want you to stand up and give God some praise for being intentional and blessing your life. Intentional and taking care of you all these years. Intentional that COVID has not taken you out intentional that your family is all in place intentional that you can be in worship and raise up holy hand intentional can i get a witness oh can i get a witness our god is good and he's worthy to be praised you may be seated in the presence of the lord doesn't make any sense to come to god's house and not worship the lord does it make sense that God can bless us all week? We do everything we want to do, but when we come into the Lord's house, we are tired. We want to sit down. 
but I will always be intentional in praising Almighty God because if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I would not be here. If it had not been for God's grace and mercy, I would not be here. It had not been for a God of faithfulness, I would not be here. I will always give him all praise, all honor, and all glory because he is worthy to be praised. Oh, thank you, God, for being intentional in my life. Thank you, God, for saving my life over and over again. Thank you, Lord, that when the robbers and the thieves showed up to destroy me, that you stepped in, oh God. Thank you, Lord, when I had a car accident, oh God, that you were the driver and that you were my seatbelt, oh God. I thank you, God, when the enemy tried to rob me through meningitis, but because you are God, I am here and I praise your holy name. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the ups. I thank you for the downs. I thank you for the dark days. I thank you for the bright days, oh God. God, you are worthy to be praised. We bless your holy name. We claim preaching, oh God. I pray for a spirit of worship upon your people, oh God. I pray that we will acknowledge you give you all praise and honor. We thank you for your word, oh God. Father, I pray that you go before me and you be the preacher, oh God. I pray that you deliver the message you have for your people. And I pray, dear God, that the enemy will be bound by your spirit and that nothing, no weapon that comes against us will prosper in the name of Jesus. If you are in agreement with me, why don't you say amen? amen. Say it again. Say it again. Maybe I'm not hearing correctly. Can you just say it again? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, maybe I should get my ears checked, but Lord have mercy. I tell you the truth. When the game is on in my house, Robin, and it's my team, you don't have to worry about who I'm rooting for. You know what I'm saying? Deacon Jay has to go upstairs so I can have the downstairs. You know what I'm saying? So it's about time that we get excited about what God is doing. COVID has not taken us out. Don't believe that you're here because you have been so good and you've done everything right. We are here because God is a gracious God, a loving God, a forgiving God. I love chapter 10 of John. It fed my soul while I was preparing for this moment. It also helped me to evaluate myself and to ask myself some very serious questions. Am I doing what the Lord called me to do? Do I want to be held accountable for the commitment I made to the Lord? This sermon might get me in a lot of trouble because Jesus said some things very direct. <laughs> Jesus said, very truly, I tell you that I am the gate for the sheep and all who come before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep have not listened to them i am the gate however or whoever enters through me will be saved jesus was not being arrogant jesus was just making it clear that i am the gate 
I'm just not any gate. There's not any gate, but I am the gate. And then he said that whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. And then Jesus said in verse number 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I named this sermon, The Gate is Open, Free Entrance, because many of us make it complex to come to Jesus. And Jesus helps us to see that evangelism is not complicated. What Jesus says here is that it's all right. All you need to understand is there's one simple step you have to take. Believe in me, I'm the gatekeeper, and I'm the one who holds entrance into the pasture. Evangelism is sharing good news of Jesus with the world. To be honest with you, Pleasant Grove Church, we have the gift of worship. We have the gift of love. But we do not have the gift of evangelism because we make it complicated. And it's a very simple, simple exercise. Jesus said, simply, I want you to go. I want you to make disciples. I want you to baptize. And then I want you to teach. And we make excuses because we don't feel adequate to teach, to go, and to make disciples. But what Jesus is really saying is all I want you to do is be obedient and show up. I'll do the work. I'll do all the teaching. I will do all the baptizing. And I will take care of the people. I just want you to go and introduce me as best you can. And then Jesus said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Sharing the gospel is evangelism. It can refer to the zealous championing of any cause, but it's most commonly applied to Christian idea of spreading the Lord's word. And many of us think that we need to be biblical scholars to spread the Lord's word. You don't have to do all of that. All you got to do is say, I know Jesus. I met Jesus one day. I was sitting on the church pew. It was all the way on the left and three pews from the back of the Holy Ghost Church. I was sitting there and the spirit of the living God spoke to me to say, I have some other things for you to do. And sister and brother today, let me tell you this. All you have to do is accept Jesus. He will open the gate for you and he will introduce you to green pasture all by himself. All of us should have a one minute testimony. You probably think I'm going to ask three or four people, what's your testimony, right? I was thinking about that, but I thought I'd pick on Deacon Gino. What's your testimony? One, one statement. I? I was. I was blessed by the Lord when I was unemployed and didn't know what to do, but he saw me through that time period, provided every need, mortgage paid, food on the table. And I thank God every day for that and no stress because he provided peace to that storm. Amen. What's your testimony? I'm on the short version. Short version. I was blessed at uh, 37 years old, uh, a widow with three children, one going to college and two teenage boys. And God saw us through 
never missed a bill, never missed, wasn't ever homeless. And then we moved to Carolina and God brought us to Pleasant Grove Church. Okay, Kelly, is it you? What's your story? Come on, Kelly. Don't preach now. I just want to know what. I was blessed one day to be in the cafeteria at work, and I met, um, I was introduced to, um, then she was Deacon Paula Sawyer, Smith Sawyer, and she invited me to Pleasant Grove Church, and here I am. And the gates were open. Hallelujah. Come on, give God some praise for knowing. So to evangelize is easy. All you need to do is share what God has done for you. It's your story. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Imagine this. If Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and all social media platforms were used to talk about the benefits of accepting Jesus as Lord. I talk to some people some days who really get excited about what they see on Facebook and the information that's shared, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think there's a greater good. What if you told everybody in your network that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, died so that they might have life and have it more abundantly? What do you think would happen if we start communicating through social media that there is nobody like the Lord? And that God says in John chapter 10, that all you need to do is accept Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm the gatekeeper. I will open the gate. You will come in. You will experience green pasture. And you don't have to take care of yourself because I will intentionally, Malik, take care of you. I will intentionally bless you. So don't get complicated here. We, we have great examples of evangelists. Martin Luther King, Jr., Harold Camping, T.D. Uh, Brooks, Billy Graham, Joyce Meyer, Beth Moore, Bernice King, Pastor Joseph, Dr. Lachelle, Kim Bragg. Everybody know Kim Bragg, right, in Western Wake. She always talking about Jesus, right? Always giving away food, right? Always trying to find clothes for other people, right? So what she does is that she testifies and gives testimony to God through her acts versus her words. And it's time for us to let our words speak what we say we are, but it's time for us to live out who we say we are. And then there's Bridget Hodges. You haven't heard about evangelism till you met Bridget. I met Bridget the other day in the Dollar Tree. And Bridget was in there buying evangelism uh, gifts for the children over at Chatham Forest. And then I looked at her and I said, you know, I'm so excited about this. I want to help with this purchase. How much do you need? And she said, here's the bill right here. Hallelujah. You see, when God opens a door, the door is open. And God opens a door, the door will not be closed. In our text today, Jesus said that I am the gatekeeper. And besides being part of a city's protection against invaders in a historical context, city gates were places of central activity in biblical times. It was at the city gates that important business transactions were made, court was convened, and public announcements were heralded. Accordingly, it is natural that the Bible frequently speaks of sitting in the gate or of the activities that took place at the gate. 
In Proverbs 1, wisdom is personified. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. In the gateways of the city, she makes his speech. To spread her words to the maximum number of people, wisdom took to the gates. The first mention of a city gate is found in Genesis 19.1. It was at the gate of Sodom that Abraham's nephew Lot, you know about Lot, greeted the angelic visions to his city. And Lot was there with another leading man of the city, either discussing the day's issues or engaging in important civic business. In other words, the gates of the city were important because people gathered bacon at the gates to take care of all types of business. When King David ruled Israel, he stood before his troops to give instructions from the city gate. That's in 2 Samuel chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. And after his son Absalom died, David mourned, but eventually returned to the city gate along with his people. The king's appearance at the gate signaled that the mourning was over, and the king was once again attending to the business and governing the city. Look at Esther in chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, that records that some of the king's servants plotted at the king's gate to murder him. But Mordecai, a leading Jew in Persia, heard the plot and reported it to Esther, who gave the news to the king. And the Persian court officials were identified as being at the king's gate. In other words, there's happening at the gate. In other words, things happen at the gate and people are, are transformed. And Jesus is saying that I am the gate to let you know that all life begins and ends with him. Jesus said to the disciples, I told you and, and you do not believe. Jesus did not often specifically refer to himself as the Jews and the, and, the, and the Christ, but Jesus kept reminding the people of who he was. He said, I am the one who came from heaven. He was not being arrogant, Emma. Lord Jesus was saying, I don't want you to be confused about my identity. I told you that I am the unique son of God. I told you I would judge all humanity. I told you that I perfectly revealed the Godhead and the Father. I always please God and I never sin. I am uniquely sent from God. I am the son of man. I will raise myself up after death. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. And the more I read this over and over and over again, I began to fill in my name. I am. I am. And that's what I would like for you to do right now for yourself. Jesus gave descriptions of who he was and why he was here. And he was not bragging, but he was telling the truth. But if you made one I am statement, what would you say? Are you the light? Are you the joy? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Only you can answer that question. And notice that Jesus said it denotes a present attitude and not simply a past state. And it indicates the root. Jesus is saying specifically, I am revealing myself to you because I want you to understand what your mission is as a disciple of Jesus Christ. COVID is a season of darkness, but it also is a season of opportunity because it gives us time 
to introduce to Jesus the people who are lost. It gives us time to be the church of believers on David's Drive who lose the comforts of our home to go out and to talk about this Jesus who came into the world. During COVID is a time for us to say that, look, you're still here. So obviously God has some plans for you. And what we need to do is ask God, what is it that you want me to do in this season? What are you calling me to do? It's time for us to get stirred up about the right things. It's time for us to get stirred up about the loss. It's time for us to start praying for our households that are lost. It's time for us to lay hands on our children and family members in the name of Jesus. It's time for us to speak to a dying world to say, no, I am not accepting that penalty from you because I know Jesus. It's time for us to speak up, and it's time for us to be prayed up. It's time for us to withdraw from the world and to do what God has called us to do. Jesus also said that the thieves and the robbers show up, Brother James. We have thieves and robbers who have shown up at Pleasant Grove. There are thieves and robbers who go to every church. They go to steal what they can. They go to take advantage of what they can. They come to empty the pantry. They give you $10 a year. They don't show up for worship, don't show up for study. And you have to read between the lines. And that's what Jesus is saying, that everybody who shows up is not of me. If everybody who shows up, it has not my spirit. And we need to pray that God will give us the Holy Ghost power to discern the spirits around us so that we might realize who is a thief, who is a robber, and who is here to destroy my soul. Can I get an amen? Then Jesus said this. I say this to you. Do you feel the weight of this sermon? Jesus is saying that it's time for us to get our identity straight. It's time for us to know who we are in Christ Jesus. And Jesus is saying is that if you're on the outside looking in, you are destined to death because you won't know how to manage your own life. The sheep and the shepherd, Jesus said, are bound by relationship. And Jesus said in this text is that I know all of my sheep by name. I know all of my sheep by name. And when the robbers and the thieves show up, they cannot take my sheep because my sheep hear my voice and I speak to them according to my relationship with them. Bacon, you ever had Jesus say, come on now, you can't do that. Have you ever had a moment in your life when Jesus whispers in your ear and said, you know you're wrong. Have you ever had a moment in your life that you thought you had covered all the dirt and then somebody says to you, girl, I saw you in the nightclub the other night. I love that dress you had on. Have you ever been in a situation where you saw somebody in the liquor store and then you were hiding behind the gin because you didn't want them to know that you're in the liquor store? Have you ever had a time in your life and you just think you are hiding from the world and then Jesus will put someone in your midst to call you in to Jesus' moment? 
I know you're not going to say amen, and I know you're not going to confess, but I know you've been there because every now and then the Lord has to expose us to save us. He has to expose us to let us know. He has to expose us that we can't rob God. We have names for horses and dogs and cows. You know, one of the things I have uh, noticed during COVID reads is that dogs get a pretty good treatment. In my neighborhood, I'm shocked at the number of dogs I see. I'm shocked at the grooming they get. I'm shocked that dogs get to go to the vet to be groomed. And yet we say that in Cary, North Carolina, there are people who are homeless with nowhere to live. I'm shocked to find that dogs eat food that is healthy, full of protein and nourishment, but there are people right here in this community who do not have a meal. Doesn't that surprise you that even some dogs I've seen have coats on and matching outfits? And I say to myself, I'm not jealous of dogs, but it makes me wonder what are the people of God thinking when dogs are treated better than other human beings? What is it saying that you live in a half a million dollar project and I'm over here homeless and you won't even come over and give me a can of pork and beans. Jesus is saying, it's time for us to be who we say we are. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you ought to look like a disciple. You ought to walk like a disciple. You ought to talk like a disciple. And you ought to give like a disciple. Well, the church might fire me after this sermon. But I tell you what, Jesus is saying in this text that we need to get it right. Time is running out. In the old church, they used to sing, time is filled with swift transitions. And I finally understand what that means. There is no guarantee that you're going to get to your next stop. There is no guarantee that you will have time to repent. There is no guarantee that you will be able to apologize for everyone you have offended. But I know a God who will listen to your repentant voice at any time. I know a God who will forgive, who will save, and who will set you free. Can I get a witness? Anybody in here need to be forgiven? Why don't you just thank God right now for forgiving you? Thank God right now for saving you. Come on, thank God right now for blessing you. Thank God right now that your family's still alive. Jesus is saying, I am the door. There is no other way. You can't get in by cars, by real estate, by wealth, by bonds, by CDs, all the stuff you collected in the world, all your jewelry, all your friends, and all of your landings. It does not matter. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the light. I am the way. And he wants us to know it is not complicated. The true shepherd, Jesus says, protects and promotes life. A house can only have one shepherd. And what Jesus is saying is that once you have relationship with your sheep, they will hear your voice and you will hear theirs. And Jesus is saying is that I know my role and I know why God sent me. Do you know why God created you? I have discovered that people live long lives and die and never know why 
God created them. But I'm also here to tell you that if you're willing to spend some time with the Lord, that the Lord will tell you why you are here and what you should be doing. And what Jesus is saying is that I want you to understand that on the other side of the gate, there is abundance. And whatever the world defines as abundance is not necessarily abundance. Debt, yes, but not abundance. And some of us don't understand how to be blessed by being in the presence of the Lord. Some of us don't understand that it's God who gives us everything that we have. Some of us do not understand that abundant life is not necessarily a long life. Abundant life is not an easy or comfortable life. An abundant life is a life of satisfaction and contentment in Jesus. An abundant life is a life that bears fruit in the name of Jesus. Sometimes with a lot of life has stamina. Sometimes with a lot of life, we have increased energy. Sometimes with a lot of life, God inc increases our universe. So what I'm saying to you right now is that if you are living outside the gates of Jesus, you will not experience the abundant life because everything about Jesus leads to God's salvation and eternal life. And so what Jesus was saying, don't, 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 don't get mixed up. It's nothing wrong with prosperity, but prosperity with no salvation won't take you anywhere. Prosperity does not take you to glory. But Jesus said, if you come into the gate and if you experience the abundant life that I have for you, I can guarantee you first class access to the Lord. And I will share with you everything that the Lord has given to me. The psalmist said, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. Any righteous folk in the house? Anybody in here ready to say that I am righteous? Anybody in here know that God loves the righteous? The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high, and the Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live. And as long as I live, and it doesn't matter how tired you get of me saying it, I'm going to praise the Lord all the days of my life. I'm going to praise the Lord on my dark days. I'm going to praise the Lord on the days when I don't feel good at all. I'm going to praise the Lord when the people talk about me. I'm going to praise the Lord when the enemy comes in and tries to steal my joy. And Jesus said that I will open the gates of the righteous. And I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. Why don't you pretend for a minute that Pleasant Grove Church is the gate of the Lord and you have just entered. Can you express how that feels? That you have entered into the abundant life. You've entered into the green pastures that God has for you. Through the righteous, they enter. The righteous will be sustained. You don't need heavy maintenance when you go through the gates, and Jesus is the gatekeeper. You don't have to worry about having your uh, shrubs uh, trimmed. 
You don't have to worry about mulch around your trees. You don't have to worry about house maintenance anymore. You don't have to worry about fertilizing the plants anymore. You don't have to worry about the fact that the wood is rotten on the house. You don't have to get the windows clean. You don't have to worry about having somebody to come and power wash the house. All that comes with the abundant life in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you are my people, my sheep. I hear your voice and you hear mine. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we repent right now. Forgive us, O oh Lord, that we have not witnessed for you. We repent right now, dear God, that you have blessed us over and over and over and over and over again. And Lord, there are days when we say nothing about you. So right now, dear God, we repent for claiming that we have done so much on our own when we have done nothing at all. It's because of your grace, because of your mercy, oh God. It's because you love us that we are still here. So right now in this holy sanctuary, oh God, we repent for our selfishness, we repent, dear God, for the times that we rob you. We repent, dear God, for the times when we have ignored your commandments. And we repent, dear God, because we do not always go make disciples, baptize, and teach. And right now, dear God, I pray that you will open the gates of righteousness and let us enter again. And let us make a new covenant with you that we will be your sheep. We will listen for your voice and we will introduce others to the abundant life that they have in Jesus Christ. And it is in the name of Jesus that I pray. And the church said, amen. 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 Okay, let's sing. Come on, speed it up a little bit. Hallelujah. All right, come on. Hallelujah. Look excited. Come on, get up. Open the gates. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, the blood of Jesus.
or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.